Welcome to Lead with Value, the place to be for finance and accounting advisory pros in tech and life sciences. On this podcast, you can find all the insights and skills you need to be the leader you want and give your clients the value they need. I'm your host, Mike Moyes. I'm a CPA by training and a consultant by choice. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button and sign up for updates on the website at www.leadwithvalue.team. Welcome to the show. What's going on, good people? Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Today, I'm going to introduce a topic that is near and dear to many a startup's hearts, audit readiness. I'm coming off of a few tough engagements anyhow, and this is top of mind, so I thought I'd kick off a little series of short episodes on lessons that I've learned and some takeaways that I think may be beneficial to you. Uh, We'll talk about what it is, what it usually comes up, uh, or when it usually comes up, I should say, and some of the initial steps you need to take to make sure you're set up for success. My main point today is to let you know that your job on any audit readiness engagement is to be the chief storyteller. And I'll explain in a bit. You'll walk away with four practical steps to kicking off one of these, and hopefully by the end you'll understand why these are critical and why you're a storyteller at the end of the day. Uh, So first of all, what do I mean by audit readiness? I want to be clear that when I'm talking about audits uh, or audit readiness, I'm speaking of audits of general purpose GAAP financial statements for startups. And these usually come about as a result of a company getting a huge round of equity financing from venture capitalists, debt financing from a bank, or they're getting ready for an IPO. Essentially, you've got an outside investor, lender, or creditor that is mandating the company present audited financial statements in exchange for the money. It makes sense, right? Oftentimes, though, these companies are going to try to hire a VP of finance or a controller to come in and get things right. And many times, that's not enough. So sometimes, it's not even done at all, actually. (laughs) So there's not enough time. And unless you have a founding team that has done this before, even basic bookkeeping isn't a priority, to be frank. So firms and consultants get tapped on the shoulder to come in and help with the documentation and get the accounting right. And I think there's an entire market for these services because even if startups aren't accessing the public markets, there's still opportunity to get capital via private equity markets or via debt. And again, with increase in capital comes additional responsibility. So that's what I mean by audit readiness. The second and main point today is I want to share that you are a storyteller. You're telling stories. And I know that sounds pie in the sky, but really, let me take a step back and really talk about who I think is best for these types of engagements. I will admit that it helps if you've done auditing before. Um, So just a background about me. I was an auditor in public many, many moons ago. Not that long ago, but long enough. And I ran an entire uh, set of audits in-house as well. So you learn over time that to have a smooth audit, it helps to understand the business and what transpired during the year. You're a storyteller. You're just using numbers and gap rules to do that. Now, in order to tell a story, you have to first understand it. So I'm going to share four things you need to do off the bat to really be a great storyteller or to set yourself up to be a great storyteller and um, do really well on these engagements. So number one, get onboarding right. I have a framework that I use for all types of projects, but 
it's definitely helpful for these types of engagements. It's called the ACE method. And if you can tell anything about me or you'll be able to tell uh, over time, I love acronyms and frameworks and checklists and all that jazz. So I made this up, ACED, A-C-E-D. Um, the first part of ACE, or well, the first letter stands for access. So the first thing you want to do is get access to all systems and repositories of your client. It may just be read-only, unless you're doing their accounting, but make sure you get access. That's the first thing you need to be able to do is just get access. The second uh, letter is C. That stands for communication plan. How often will you communicate and to whom and how? Zoom, in person, whatever. Uh, you want to make sure you have contact with all the key players and the auditors themselves, and you have a plan of communicating on a regular basis. The third letter is E. That stands for execution assets. Now, a lot of people don't know what I mean when I mean assets or when I state assets. Um, this is something that I borrowed from the marketing world, essentially. So assets for accountants or finance folks has a certain connotation. But what I mean here when I say assets are tools or files that you can use uh, on a recurring basis that you can leverage um, and that help you or help the team execute on their tax. So an example of an asset is like a basic open items list, right? Um, that can be in your project management or task management software or as simple as an Excel. But that's an asset, right? You, you consolidate and log all the open items uh, for your team to be able to track um, and execute upon. A key asset, though, that I think is important for all of these engagements is for you to prepare or set up a financial statement prep checklist, and all you're doing with that, and what that is, is you take the balance sheet, the P&L, the equity statement, the cash flow statement, you break them out into their components, and then you state who's going to be doing each. And actually, this includes your footnotes as well. And why that's important is because you're taking the financial statements, essentially, and you're turning that into a project. So your balance sheet, for example, has cash, investments, accounts, receivable, prepaids, fixed assets, leases, Depends on, obviously, your, the, the nature of the, the company. But you just break that down. And whoever's in charge of cash will make sure that they have cash prepared. Now, this is important also because um, oftentimes when you're preparing for an audit, it's not just putting the, together the financial statements and footnotes. You may come in and find that you need to prepare the underlying support as well. So that's often uh, what needs to be done. And it might be a pretty big task, so you're not doing this by yourself. You may need another teammate to help you out with this. Now, um, this is important because uh, you can put together financials, but the footnotes and the disclosures sometimes are more onerous than the preparing of the support themselves. One great example is leases. Uh, this is something that I've said we'll get down to, we'll get into down the line. But leases can be prepared and numbers can be put together, but the disclosure requirements under GAAP can be pretty substantial, especially if it's your first time putting it together. So I recommend getting your execution assets in order um, so that you're clear on what you're going to use. So the next and final letter in this ACE method is deliverables. So execution assets are what you use to get the job done, deliverables I'm sure everyone kind of knows this, are what you're actually going to give the client. I know this is probably stated in your contract, but um, you'd be shocked uh, as to how often people get confused on what's actually being provided. So who's doing what, 
by when and what's being provided at the end of that. Uh, and I actually alluded to this earlier. You need to get clear when you're getting into these situations. Are you just preparing statements or are you expected to prepare the underlying support for the statements as well? Like what's been done, right? Um, so that's my ACE method. That is getting onboarding right. Access, communication plan, execution assets, and deliverables. Next step in understanding the story, I think, is to review meeting minutes. Now, if your client didn't keep minutes, you probably have bigger problems. Um, but I think this is basic governance, uh, especially with startups that have already raised money, right? You're, you're probably providing minutes as part of your due diligence. Um, if there isn't any bookkeeping done, there should at least be corporate counsel documenting actions uh, taken by the board. Minutes are important because this is where you'll get a sense of what key contracts were entered into, what types of equity awards were granted, and an overall sense of what non-routine transactions need to be looked at more closely for proper accounting treatment. It's a completeness, completeness exercise. I love reading minutes. Uh, read the minutes from inception if you can and create a log. It really helps your learning, and you'll need to reference this later. The third part and this is, this is a roll-up-your-sleeves exercise, review and reconcile cash. They say cash is king, and this is true. Uh, it's a bit more of a grueling exercise, like I said, but I would suggest getting a download of all the bank activity from the periods being audited and going through and marking what each disbursement or deposit is. Just learn. Then go through and reconcile cash. There is no better way to understand a business than to see what cash is coming in and going out. Also, in my opinion, if you haven't reconciled cash, you can't move on to any of the other financial statement areas. So that's the third thing, reconcile cash and understand the ins and outs. The fourth thing is understand people, process, and technology being used. To the extent that you can, get a good understanding of the org chart, people, have someone walk you through their major accounting cycle, so purchasing, billing, payroll, and understand the tools and technology, if any, that are being used to run the finance department. So those are the four things I think you need. You do those four and you'd be surprised um, as to how much you're able to gather in a short period of time. So number one, get onboarding right. I have a method called the ACE method, access to systems and repositories, communication plan established, execution assets, and getting clear on deliverables. Number two, review meeting minutes. This is a great source of information. Number three, review and reconcile cash. Basically, go back to the basics. You'll find out a lot. And number four, get a deep or solid understanding of people, processes, and technology. And you can't go wrong. So that's it for today. Over the next uh, few episodes of this series, I'll share some mistakes I made and some practical approaches to common issues I think you'll see on these engagements like preferred stock, uh, equity compensation, that type of thing. And we'll talk about who your real customer is. Stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed the chat, please rate, review, and subscribe. You can also catch more at leadwithvalue.team. Till next time, let's build.